a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. No, I I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Can I just say at one point in my life I want to have multiple leather-bound books? Like that's just my that's my aspiration in life to have leather-bound like to have the the amount of money to have leather-bound books on a shelf behind me or something like that. That's the goal. I don't know. Okay. I feel like it's a status thing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you need a big like mahogany desk. So you know, with the, a big book shelf behind it. Okay, here's the thing. So I have a grandfather who had one of those big like we're talking like. The those yeah. dads, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and moving that thing, I swore up and down I would never own one of those. It was so heavy, so so heavy. It's all about the status, though. Yeah, yeah, that one. I guess it is, but that moving that thing was a chore. See, that's why you get it and you pick the place you're going to <laughs> stay in, and you're just staying it there. It's there. A good point. I do have to. My parents actually are building a new house, and it's supposed to be done in the next few weeks. And they've already said, "Hey, so." What do you got going on in a couple of weeks? And I'm like, I'm busy. <laughs> no, I'll be helping. Them. I'll be helping them move everything out of their current place. Moving it, it'll be fun. But regardless, all right. So, the madness. Yes. It is here. Yes. And it is delivered in spades. <laughs> we have uh, for the first time in NCAA men's basketball tournament history, we have a 15 and a 16 seed who have advanced in the same tournament. Uh, we have had just all kinds of stuff. So, Michelle, where do you want to launch in here? What, what game or games do you want to discuss mostly? Oh, I I mean, let's talk all the failures. Okay. I, I just, I because it feels like there's been a lot of them and they've come very early this go around. Well, and that's the thing about it is this, this weekend, this first weekend of the tournament typically is where you see the most upsets. It actually kind of filters out after this weekend where the chalk seems to take over in many respects down the stretch. But the, the fun part is, is just it's nonstop. So I want to start off with Fairleigh Dickinson because I think that they're an absolutely incredible story because they actually did not win their conference tournament. They're, they are the runner-up in the Northeastern Conference. Mm. The reason why they are in this tournament is because Merrimack, who is the actual NEC champion, 
is in their, they call them, a, it's a four-year transi- transition period to go from, they were D2, they're going to D1. Well, in those four years, you're ineligible to participate in the postseason at the Division One level. Oh. Merrimack was in the final year, the fourth year of that transition period, wins the tournament because they're not eligible. The runner-up, which is Fairleigh Dickinson out of Teaneck, New Jersey, gets the invite to go to the NCAA tournament. How rude. And and there are a lot of people out there saying that we need to do away with this rule. And I, I, I get why they're saying it, because there's also another team down in, I think it was Kentucky last year, who had a similar situation where they actually won their tournament and couldn't go up as well. That's just wild to me. Like, if if you're so on top of it that you can make that jump yeah. fast and early— mm-hmm. You should get the same reward, and that's the debate that's going on right now. Why? Why wouldn't you give? Like, why? Why wouldn't you let? Like, him do I could kind of see if it was opposite. If you were Division One and you were going down to Division Two, you have maybe a bit of an advantage there. You've recruited at a higher level, yeah. You know, so you're an L. Like, I kind of would understand. I don't understand the other way around, though. That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Uh, you and me both, but regardless, so Fairleigh Dickinson is the recipient of this. They were 20 and 10, I believe, going into the tournament. And what do they do? They go and knock out number one seed Purdue. <laughs> uh, the other thing about this is, is Purdue has Zach Eady, uh, seven foot four big man. He's probably going to be the national player of the year. He's been very good. But the other part about this, which is crazy to me, I was watching, I, did, I tuned in this game late as I started seeing people like, hey, Fairleigh Dickinson's got a chance here. Yeah. So I tuned into it. He's seven foot four. The tallest player on Fairleigh Dickinson's team, six seven. I saw a tweet about that. They're literally, like, if you go average height, they are the shortest team in the tournament as compared to Purdue, who's actually one of the biggest, if not the biggest, in terms of overall height across the roster. You can't teach heart, man. Well, and that's the thing about this. It was absolutely incredible because, A, they weren't even the best team in their conference. Yeah. They've had a decent season. And by the way, last year, I don't know how people know this, Fairleigh Dickinson, you know what their record was last year as a, as a program? I couldn't even begin to guess. They, Four and 22. I was about to say it. it because you're asking yeah. me, it has to be like a very lopsided losing yeah. record. They honestly, and I think it was Chris Vanini who might have tweeted this out last night, but somebody tweeted out this might be truly the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history. We had the UMBC with Ryan Odom, who's Utah State's head coach, a couple years ago, it was the first 16 over one beat in Virginia. But for this, you're not your conference champion. You get in on a technicality, but then you also go up against maybe the biggest and one of the most talented teams in the entire field with your undersized roster, and you beat them 63 to 58. It, I think we're looking at the true Cinderella story of Cinderella stories. Uh, I mean, it is a great story. Uh, I, I, I mean, this is like literally a little guy on the come up story. Like literally, uh, uh-huh. just size size wise. Uh, oh gosh, uh, going going record record yeah, wise. Exactly. Like it's just it just all across the board. This is a little guy come up, and I am so here for it. This is this is why we watch or even just mildly pay attention, mm-hmm. fill out the brackets, the stories like this. Well, and the other thing about this is because this is not the only one. We already had Arizona go out, mm-hmm. um, and I, I don't know what it is without Arizona. I, 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 I'm done trying to convince myself that Arizona is ever going to be nationally relevant again because for whatever reason every year I and I only picked them to go let's see I have them I'm pulling my bracket here I've got them in the elite eight so okay it hurts my bracket but Princeton come on they're the Ivy League they're the smart kids 
You shouldn't be losing to Princeton here, Arizona. If you're the big bad bullies that everybody considers you to be in the in the Pac-12, how in the world are you losing to the Princeton Tigers? I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, other than, you know what, maybe we need to give the smart people, the, the nerds, a little more. <laughs> A little more credit, so nerds, nerds. No. Yeah, but that's the thing about this. It's been a really, really fun tournament so far because I'm looking at my bracket. I've got a lot of carnage up and down my list of like the upsets I picked did not pan out. My my national champion is still alive. Who did you pick to win it? By the way, I picked Marquette. Okay, so I, I'm still in it, and I'm actually third in our bracket challenge. Oh, jeez, I don't even want to look at the bracket challenge. I'm probably getting absolutely murdered there. <laughs> I have Houston winning it all. We'll see. I I just. On a whim, I'm like, oh, Houston seems like a decent enough team, but their best players dealing with a hamstring injury, and he played one half of basketball. And he's like, uh, it's tightening up again. I'm like, great. I'm, I'm glad I picked you guys. But, so thrilled. Yeah, but so thrilled. the thing about this is when it comes to tournaments like this, and this tournament in particular, it's been a really, really, really fun watch. Like, there have been other NCAA tournaments where you're like, okay, you tune in, you're like, okay, give me the madness. Let, let's see, let's see upsets. And it doesn't necessarily deliver. This is delivered, and I think in some ways it's showing us that the transfer portal slash NIL in some ways is actually filtering out talent a little more than it would have uh, otherwise. Because I know that Princeton, they're always going to be the Ivy Leagues. You have to get into school there and everything. But when a 15 seed in Princeton can win, you have a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson can win. You also had a 13 seed uh, in, oh, who was it? Or a uh, Furman. Furman. Yeah. Private school in North Carolina that. They're a Johnny come lately in, in some respects. They go and upset Virginia as right. a 13 seed. The, there's talent. And by the way, Furman's got a guy. I was reading about this. He's an NBA draft prospect. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Like, how, how do you get a kid from firm into the NBA? Well, he's got to be a transcendent talent. And mm-hmm. I, I think in some ways, and I'm going to get your thought on this, I think we're seeing maybe a little more of the uh, diversification of rosters. Guys are finding opportunities to play, and it may be in an off-the-radar place like Furman. <laughs> I, I, I think that very well could be the case. Uh, I know there was a lot of concern and worry that NIL would do exactly the opposite. Well, in, in some ways it has because there's other rosters that are stacked because of it. But right. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see kind of continue to track this. Obviously, this is a very new thing still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe that's not what it is. I, I, I don't know. I Maybe people are just getting better and more creative at finding under-the-radar talent uh, and bringing it to their programs because they don't have the NIL advantage. I, you know, it's it's just going to be very interesting to watch. I'm not I'm not sure why maybe we're seeing a more even playing field mm-hmm. this year. Uh, again, it'll be interesting to see if this continues through, like, next year and we, sure. and we see more of this or mm-hmm. if this is just kind of a really unique one-off situation. Well, and that's the nice part about it is you will have history at some point 
kind of it'll lay out okay here's what's happening because you have Pittsburgh who played in the first four they upset Iowa State by the way Iowa State couldn't shoot a lick last night I think at one point I think like without four minutes ago I saw somebody said they, sh- they were shooting 19 percent from the field Oof, absolutely brutal that is numbers brutal yeah but the thing about this is you're right we'll find we'll see over time if NIL transfer portal can make it so that some of these smaller teams I say smaller but I guess uh, lesser well known is that yeah. easier way to say it? Like they're they're off the radar a little bit because before this tournament, you asked me, Jake, where's Furman at? I would have never. Oh, I could I couldn't have told you. Fairleigh Dickinson, no clue. Yeah, never heard of her. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the only reason I found out where Fairleigh Dickinson was at because PK of all people was like those boys from Jersey because Fairleigh Dickinson's in Teaneck, New Jersey, and St. Peter's last year, who was the Cinderella right, last year, yeah. making the run to the Elite Eight, is also from. New Jersey. So, so PK playing up his new, his New Jersey pride as a as a <laughs> guy who was born and raised there for at least until he moved to Arizona. So I don't know. It it's been a really really fun first two days. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how today and tomorrow pan out because y- you do have some interesting matchups. You have Furman versus San Diego State, which is actually already underway. Uh, if you want coverage of that, by the way, if you're tuning into us, we're on 97.5 FM. If you want all the coverage of the NCAA tournament, uh, you can head over to 1280 AM. We've been streaming it all day and all night for the last two days, and we'll continue all throughout the tournament. Uh, be plenty of action today. But it creates an interesting matchup because now we have a Utah State crashed out. They lost to Missouri. Yep. But guess what? Missouri has to face off against Princeton. <laughs> That's not a matchup I expected to see. I did not expect to see Fairleigh Dickinson and FAU matching up in the second round. FAU beats Memphis. Uh, so... You go down this, you have your, your Marquette uh, Golden Eagles are taking on Michigan State. Uh, we got TCU versus Gonzaga, St. Mary's versus UConn. By the way, the West Coast Conference has just as many teams in the second round of the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament as the Mountain West and the Pac-12 combined. <laughs> so there you go. Well, yeah, the more you know. Well, that's the thing. Mountain West, outside of San Diego State, they flamed out again this year. That's the tough part. That that conference is, I think, they're now 1-14, one 1-15 since 2019. Oof. It's been a really rough run. And I mean, this is coming from someone, Pac-12 has not exactly been great on the men's basketball front either. Yeah. But, well, I, I think UCLA looks really good. They maybe could do something. We'll see. I, I'm interested to see where that where, how they do, because they face Northwestern. And that'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, that could set them up against Gonzaga in that in the Elite Eight. Or excuse me, the Sweet Sixteen. Apologies, and that'd be an interesting one because that's like a West Coast supremacy thing. Because mm-hmm. obviously, there's all the rumors involving Gonzaga. Can they go to the Pac-12? Can they go to the Big Twelve? Well, th- you know, you know the storyline when the, if that ends up happening. Oh, man. <laughs> this one's for all the Pac-12 marbles, huh? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, <laughs> it's one of those fun things. So uh, I would encourage you guys, just enjoy the tournament. Uh, the other thing about this, don't get too uptight. This is my PSA. Don't get too uptight about your bracket. Just enjoy it. There are people that get way too wound up about their brackets and, like, falling apart. Sarah, did you do a bracket for the challenge? No, I had full intentions. You and David James. I had full intentions of doing one, but like we said, it's been a week, so I never got her. And right when I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to fill one out, it was, there was, like, three minutes left to do so. so. Oh, I filled mine out about two, so. Yeah. I literally was like, okay. By the time I, I made, it, like, made an account and yeah. got logged in, it was like, well, it's over. I can't. Who so. were you going to pick to win it, though? I don't know. Okay. Because everyone, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a sleeper team, though. Just with how things have turned out, 
I feel like some Cinderella, some little small school is going to go all the way and it's going to like shock everyone. All right. Go Knights. Fairleigh Dickinson. That's that's Sarah's team. We're, we're assigning you the 16 seed. See how far they can go. All right. We'll come back on the other side. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz. The NBA season is coming down the stretch. The Jazz are finally back in action tonight. It feels like they've taken like a miniature all-star break. They, had, they played Monday and haven't played since. Weird scheduling quirk, but we'll get to that. Also, 11 o'clock, uh, we're going to dive in and look a little bit at Utah football as they begin spring ball Tuesday, correct? Yes. Coming quick, uh, BYU just finished up week two of their spring ball yesterday. We'll get to some of that. We'll also get to five minutes of technical fouls. You guys know how we do. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. More in a moment. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless and I will never understand it I will never accept it I'm Amy Donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast The Letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story the struggle to reclaim lives the realities of grief and the possibilities of forgiveness I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 